It is a great day to be a Seattle Kraken fan. Welcome to the Friday edition of Locked on Kraken. I am your host, Erica L. Ayala, coming to you from my hotel room in Boston. That's right. I was at the game last night as us, the Seattle Kraken, took down the Boston Bruins behind a Martin Jones shutout. Ellie Tolvanen has been a revelation for us. And Brandon Tenev gets on the board not once, but twice. Let's talk about that and get you over to our special interview for Firebirds Friday on this episode of Locked on Kraken. You are Locked on Kraken. Your daily podcast on the Seattle Kraken. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are the Seattle Kraken. Hey, hey, what do you say, Seattle hockey fans? Thank you for joining me for another fi- Friday, fun day episode of Locked on Kraken. We appreciate you making us a part of your daily routine. Now, some of you caught basically what ended up being a pregame show. I was coming to you live from TD Garden, and I said it in the comments. I said it on the show. I think I said it on the show, but I was feeling good yesterday. I was feeling good. Our team sounded good. I was so excited to be with the Seattle Kraken beat, and we got it done. This was a great game. This was a great game. I hope you watched it. If you haven't watched it, I hope you know that this episode is probably a little bit of a spoiler alert. But even if you uh, know how the ending goes, I highly recommend you watch what Martin Jones called likely our most complete game of the season And I'm hard-pressed to disagree with him. So let's get into this before we head over to Firebirds Friday. This is from the amazing Allison Lucan, who I got to see in person. We took a photo. We grabbed hugs. We caught up. It was amazing. Going into a game against a top team in the NHL standings, Dave Haxtell wanted his team to play to their identity and do it consistently. His team did so and then some. Now I'm going to stop here because at Morning Skate, I asked Dave Haxtell about that challenge that he posted to the Seattle Kraken right in between the Edmonton games. Now, in true Dave Haxtell fashion, which I absolutely love, I'm not even going to lie, he didn't appreciate and, and corrected me in saying that he didn't feel that he challenged the team. Okay, that's fair. My words, not his. But he asked that critical question. Remember, he was asking the question on if the team was going to be able to do what is needed to be done. Are they committed to what needs to be done to play at a higher level? I'm summarizing, paraphrasing, but again, check out the show notes because I have that video up on the YouTube channel and you can hear his words exact. But what he did say is exactly what Allison wrote here. They want to play to their identity. They want to do so consistently. And isn't that what we've been talking about since the beginning of the season? And I love that this line from Allison. His team did so and then some. And uh, I talked about it on my immediate reactions. If you haven't seen that, it's floating around social media. But the Seattle Kraken, they really had to sustain a lot of pressure 
from the Boston Bruins early. And they did that. It didn't look pretty at times, but Martin Jones stood strong. He was great at sealing the post. Players were active with sticks. Now, what I did see is great positioning, great cycling. So anytime, and this is a lot of what you've heard Yanni Gord talk about it, Maddie Beneers talked about it, Ryan Donato has talked about it. They're really focusing on, you might call it uh, like what you see as far as zone defense in basketball. You are taking up, if there's empty space created by your teammate, you take up that empty space. And good, smooth hockey is a lot like that, whether you're on offense, whether you're on defense. And they did a great job. So all of that stuff of having the near post, of having players in kind of the slot area or near the crease and not being marked, None of that. None of that. Okay. You know, I love to be critical about that, but the way it was a smooth game and it was a little dicey because you do loan yourself to fatigue when you play that way. You do loan yourself to, um, you know, other teams just having to get fancy using the body. Um, but there was just, this is beautiful. I highly recommend you watch this game. I think I test tells me Martin Jones is right. It's probably our most complete game, arguably our best game. And who's going to say no when we beat the top team in the NHL? It took power plays. Now, here's where it wasn't perfect, but we're never going to get perfect. After the game, Dave Haxel told us that didn't like what he saw regarding, um, you know, the, the circle didn't, weren't winning face-offs didn't like that. We didn't convert on the power play, but you know, who didn't convert on the power play or at any time, the Boston Bruins. So although he felt that there's still work to be done on special teams, he liked that the energy and the, I would say the confidence almost, hey, we can hang with this team. It didn't manifest into a goal on the power play, but yes, Dave Haxtell and the guys were absolutely right. After the two early power play opportunities, they didn't yield a goal, but they did get Seattle back into a position and almost energize them at even strength. And then ultimately when the Bruins were on a power play to play to their identity. Early on, I was a little bit afraid. I was like the first 10 minutes, and Yanni Gord spoke to this. After the first 10 minutes, if this is how the game is going to go, we're going to get tuckered out. How are we going to press Boston up? How are we going to press them out and then start to find our seams? After the power play, we started finding our space on the ice. We started connecting. That was another thing. I didn't think the passing was particularly great. That is, until... Daniel Sprung connected with Brandon Tanev. Now, is it a pass? Is it a cross? That's, you know, that's kind of more of a soccer term. But it was a, a whip, straight beeline from an odd angle to the net. And Brandon Tanev was able to tip it in. And it was a beautiful goal, a grit and grind play by Sprung and Tanev to get something going. I talked about it yesterday. Getting on the board early, scoring first, leading after the first period. All great things for Seattle. But it wasn't going to be enough against Boston. What was the metric? If you remember from yesterday's show, if you need to pause and go watch that one and then come back here, go ahead and do that. But 
Auntie went on the record saying the measure of Seattle for yesterday's game was going to be what we are doing after two periods. That's what we needed. That's what we needed. We kept Boston off the board. They really started to pepper Martin Jones at a certain point in the game, and we withstood the pressure. I love this stat from Allison Lucan. Seattle has now either tied or outscored their opponents in 17 straight periods. That is an NHL record. That is an NHL record. They've won seven straight games, making them the seventh team in NHL history to win each of its first six games on a road trip. The last to do it, San Jose in 2015-16. Oh, yes, that was a long time ago, San Jose. <laughs> Little shade, yes, but deal with it. They are now the only team to have not lost in 2023 and the first team to beat Boston in regulation. They're the only team to shut out the Bruins this year. Oh, proud. I'm so proud of this team. And my only regret about today's episode is that I pre-recorded this segment with Jason Hernandez for Firebirds Friday. Um, it might be a good thing, though, because I would just be gloating over this team. I'm so proud. Some of you... Uh, I'm, so, I'm just so proud of this team. Um, what I want to say before we do transition to our interview for today, it's important for you to know that the Seattle Kraken Media Corps, so that's not just people who work for the team. That's also the people that work for Root Sports. That's also people who work for outlets not directly affiliated, whether they be independent or mainstream media outlets. This is a good group. They are as advertised. All of the energy, the love, the support, the positivity that you see on social media and that I talk about on the podcast when we have guests, that is genuine. That is real. And I wanted to start there because for those who may not know, although if you're a hockey fan, you might have deduced some things, not every media core is like that. Whether we're talking hockey or any other sport at any level. And I was already feeling good going into the the game for the team, for the roster's sake. But then to have that group be so supportive, we are going to have an interview that we'll show you uh, or you'll hear. Uh, we didn't have audio because we weren't doing it virtually, uh, but we'll have an interview from one of the broadcasters coming up. It's a special group. I've said it from the beginning. I've had an opportunity or I was approached to do a hockey podcast about a team. And I really didn't have any affinity to an NHL team before the Seattle Kraken. And I'm so glad that I didn't just jump into an opportunity because passion is important to me. I'm sure you figured that out. It's tough for me to get going if I'm not passionate, if I don't believe in what's happening. I might not always agree with what's happening, but that there's a difference. It's slight at times, but you can maybe not agree with someone, but still believe in them. I don't agree that Ron Francis hasn't brought in a defender, but I still believe in him. That's what I want. I trust that his vision is greater than what I know and what I can see. And that's been my experience with Seattle. Are they perfect? Absolutely not. I'm sure there's things that I don't know about 
that maybe I would disagree with further. But what I can tell you is from my lived experience around this organization, working side by side with these people, it has been fun. I'm sure it, it's easier when you're winning, when you're on a seven game heater. Um, but this is a good group and I'm grateful. And I didn't want to end this first segment without saying that and making sure that you understand how rare, okay, truly how rare that is. But as promised, coming up on Locked on Kraken, we are going to talk to Jason Hernandez. Now, you might have heard his voice a time or two right here on Locked on Kraken. That's because he, of course, is one of the hosts of the Locked On show. He hosts the Locked On Ducks show. They're not having as much success as we are. He's joined us on playback before. He's amazing. And he's now your PA voice for the Coachella Valley Firebirds. Before I take you there, though, a few things that you need to know. Uh, you probably guessed this by now, but yes, we did pre-record this. We recorded this before Tuesday's game in which Coland wins for the Coachella Valley Firebirds in a shootout and extends, excuse me, the Firebirds point streak to nine points in nine consecutive games. Uh, that was Joy Decord who gets the win. Also, Andrew Polcharski and Riker Evans will represent the Coachella Valley Firebirds at the AHL All-Star Classic happening February 5th. You'll hear uh, that JD talks about Andrew. So coming up without further ado is my interview with Jason Hernandez. This episode of Locked on Kraken is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. You've heard me talk about it before. I love some Built Bar and that's because it's a delicious treat and that won't give you all the fat and the calories. That's Built Bar. They uh, are perfect for anyone who during the holidays or at any time has made a commitment to really get your fitness and your wellness and your nutrition together. And that's because this is a bar that tastes wonderful. It's covered in 100% real chocolate. It gives you a high dose of protein while keeping the sugar, the calories, uh, and the carbs low. How do they do it? I'm not sure. And to boot, they have amazing flavors like the churro or peanut butter brownie, the coconut almond. I tell you all the time, I love double chocolate. And for double chocolate fans like me, uh, you're still getting 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. But you can find the double chocolate or the cookies and cream, or the Coconut Puffs Built Bar, not only on Built.com, but you can walk into a Walmart and pick up a four-bar pack. That's right. You can now buy Built Bars in the wild. All right. Maybe you don't want to go to Walmart. No worries. Then go to Sam's Club, and you can find the 13-bar box, which would include flavors like the brownie batter and the churro that I mentioned earlier. So, I'm going to send you, again, not to only Built.com, but also to your local Walmart and or your local Sam's Club, and you can grab yourself some Built Bar, and like I always like to say, happy snacking. Seattle hockey fans, you're in for a treat. The rest of the way will be my conversation with Jason Hernandez, also known as JD. He is our new 
PA announcer for the Coachella Valley Firebirds. He's going to talk about everything from the team and what he's seen so far, how he got into the role, and what makes Akrasher so special. Without further ado, let me take you to my conversation with Jason Hernandez. And see, when I have someone on as a guest, I do what I call my brown sugar question, which of course comes from the movie Brown Sugar, in which uh, I remix it. And so I'm going to ask you, when did you fall in love with hockey? It started way back before there was even a Coachella Valley, before an Ontario Reign, before a lot of these things, before the Anaheim Ducks. This started with the Los Angeles Kings when Wayne Gretzky was in town and Luke Robitaille was there and Kelly Rudy was there. So this was before all of that. And that's when I said, man, this hockey's pretty cool to watch. And the Kings made that run in the 93 Cup Finals. And then the Ducks arrived in 94. And that's when everything just completely blew up here in SoCal. I mean, the Mighty Ducks were like the hot team. They were the cool team. And one of my favorite all-time players became a Mighty Duck, Paul Correa. I think that's what really took it to another level was Paul Correa being the captain of the Mighty Ducks. And, you know, just looking back on those days, it was really fun. Back when I could rollerblade for the little <laughs> bit of time that I did that. Back when I could do that. It was just fun trying to, like, be like, yeah, I want to skate with, like, those guys. It, it was fun times just growing yeah. up, having two teams in the National Hockey League. Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. I was uh, uh, watching from a distance on the uh, the opposite coast. Uh, we just <laughs> missed each other in New York when you were doing the marathon, which is awesome, yeah. by the way. Um, but uh, okay, so you you have this, you know, resurgence. Uh, not well, some might say a resurgence. If you listen to Willie O'Ree or read Willie's, uh, you know. Uh, autobiography you might you might say resurgence but either way the, as you mentioned southern california hockey everyone's got all eyes on it you've got two teams so you're you're watching hockey you're engaging in the culture when though did you d think that you would have an opportunity to work in hockey because although we now have yeah. you you spent a, a a lot of years with the ol rain which you mentioned briefly and of course our locked on kraken fans know from my first segment that i did uh to to uh to tee you up but so talk about a little bit how you got into uh public address announcing oh okay so first hockey i started about 12 and a half years ago with the echl ontario rain back then as far as public address this started over about six years ago almost now so it's been a while and i gotta thank bill norris for bringing me on he had me on as a backup for the valley call for san bernardino the wolverines doing a college football game because someone said oh i can't show up and i did one game they said oh he knows what he's doing he knows his sports so they brought me on and that begat other opportunities. I got to do public address for the then Ontario Fury soccer team, now the Empire Strikers. So I did a little bit of indoor soccer public address, did some auctions there as well. And those little opportunities begat other opportunities down the line, you know, doing the Ontario Junior Reign, calling tournaments, um, working in the AHL. That all I feel prepared me 
to at least get to the interview process to be the Firebirds announcer. So it's it's a long road. Yeah, a long road, but uh, time well spent, it seems. Uh, you have this opportunity. It's a brand new franchise. Um, and so that in and of itself brings excitement. It, it seems like the arena Akersher is really ringing in fans and that they're having a good time. The, the time at the moment we're recording this, uh, we had what I believe is the first proposal at Akersher. <laughs> Um, can I give a slight bit of insight to that? Yeah, please do. So I was down on the, I, I don't know if you saw this, but I was down on the ice level right by where everything was happening. I had to step out of the PA booth and walk out to the ice to see what was happening because I knew what was going to happen. A lot of other people, even people in the arena, like working there, did not know what was going to happen. And I could see the guy. He was nervous. Aww. He was he was shaking. <laughs> it was adorable. Like, because I knew what he was going to do. And I saw him with the mic. And he was shaking with the mic. So that was really cool. And incredible for Pride Weekend as well. Yes. To have that whole setup just take place. And fortunately, he said yes. Yes. So I love whole, that. The whole thing was executed so well. And super adorable by the way yeah and it's it was amazing you mentioned it was pride night it was amazing to see those uniforms live in person because <laughs> when the coachella valley firebirds announced the official team name logo all of that they gave us all of the assets including the pride logo that was one of the first things that we got and so fans of the show who've been listening and particularly watching for a long time. You've seen that logo before we've shown yep. it on, but now to see it in action and then to have, as you mentioned, the first proposal, uh, he said, yes, that was amazing. And you were right there. So before we get into, cause we do, it's a firebirds Friday. We want to get into the team, but before we do that, just for people who maybe don't know a PA announcer, it's something that you hear at all sports. Um, and even as an analyst who's in the booth, usually uh, side by side when I'm, when I'm in person with a PA announcer, you, you know, you have a sense of what PA does. But like how much of your job is uh, really focusing on the play and relaying that? How much of it is kind of crowd control? Like what, how would you encompass what it takes to be a PA announcer? It's about 95% watching the game and having a sense of what is going to happen. I know people say that jokingly like, oh, you just sit there and watch a game. Like, well, that's part of it. But another part of it is you have to sense the feeling of the crowd. You have to have a sense of what you think is going to happen or what could happen. I mean, I do love the tagline, get fired up. It feels like just such a great line to say the lines like you could say oh make some noise or some other teams try to force their own weird taglines i won't say certain teams <laughs> or one one that i've worked for that has a couple of lines forced mm, but get fired up just sounds natural like oh the fire birds fired up it works it works perfectly and you kind of have to sense oh if it's a blowout maybe bring it back a little bit but games like well first off the teddy bear toss game <laughs> that that was another level because it was just close all the way around and he just gotta get the fans fired up 
once I announced that teddy bear toss goal, I just let it all hang out. I probably blew out my voice. I didn't really, but <laughs> I felt like I wanted to blow out my voice because, oh my God, it finally happened. And I was nervous, not because it was like my second game out, but I was nervous because it happened so late in the game. There was only a few minutes left in the third period. Fans have been sitting there for two and a half, more than two and a half periods, waiting to toss those bears. And also the 7-6 game, the comeback game against the Ontario Reign, just after Christmas, when the Firebirds were down three goals, they came back, tied it up 6-6, to won it 7-6 in regulation, thanks to Potsy, Andrew Podorowski, one of my guys, by the way. <laughs> um, that sweet wraparound goal. You just kind of have to figure out or know when to inflect a certain tone and just mm. want to let it all hang out. So a lot of it is watching the game. Yeah, and knowing, and getting yet, the vibe. Yeah, but you have That's to have amazing. the times, right? Like my sheet, I have to write down each goal, each time, each penalty. Like I have to write down everything because that's what a good PA announcer does. Right. He has to make sure. And part of it is preparing too. Um, I don't know if you've watched games, but I know not all PA announcers do this, but I'm very strict when it comes to pronouncing the names correctly. There, As am I. There's always two little sheets that I tape up to the glass because there actually isn't room down besides me <laughs> down there. So I actually tape it up to the glass right in front of me and it has all the pronunciations right there for every player from both teams. Yeah, so there's some I prepar love that. Preparing to do. Yeah, well, I mean, just what it sounds like, it's a little bit of a modgepodge of, again, what a broadcaster might do, uh, what the the kind of sound engineer is doing, what the score table is doing. And you're taking all of that and then relaying that to fans who are riled up, hopefully, one way or another. Uh, you know, either they're, they're ticked off that a goal just happened, penalty, whatever the case is, or they are, as you said, getting fired up so that is amazing jason i'm so thankful that you entrusted us here at locked on kraken to help uh share and break your news we're so excited to have you as part of the coachella valley family and coming up next on this episode firebirds friday episode of locked on kraken uh jd we're gonna keep you around and we're gonna get into the knit and the grit of this team what we're looking like right now at the time of this recording and uh you know what we think will happen as we start getting towards uh th that playoff run so that's coming up next on this episode of locked on kraken and we're gonna get back to that interview shortly right now I want to tell you that this episode of Locked on Kraken is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to find everything that you need for your sports wagering information and to do so, of course, not only smartly, but responsibly. BetOnline has your props, your odds, the latest news, and even podcasts available for the NFL the NBA, of course, the National Hockey League, and almost every pro and amateur league and sport in between. Big contest, betonline.net. Big game, betonline.net. And the best thing is you can use your mobile device, your laptop, whatever you got to get everything that you need, including, of course, the futures wagers, which we like to use. Anyway, make sure you head to BetOnline. 
Make sure that you head to Bet Online, excuse me, because it is where the game starts. Let's head back to my conversation with JD Hernandez. All right, JD, we are back here with you. Thanks as always for listening and making Lockdown Kraken a part of your daily routine. I've been teasing it all week. You saw on social media that we had the special announcement. Jason, JD Hernandez, one of our very own from the Lockdown Network, is officially the PA announcer for our Coachella Valley Firebirds and he joins us here today yeah get fired up I'm just that's the name of this episode just so you know um (laughs) so that's what we're gonna do but um let's get fired up about this team now we talked about a lot of the players that were with the Charlotte Checkers I said we were co-parenting with the Florida Panthers last year and so we kept it's true it's true We were co-parenting, you know, that's what we were doing. Um, And so, but now we have a home of our own uh, at Acrisure and we have uh, our coaching staff um, and, uh, you know, Disco Dan and uh, and Jeff (laughs) He's a legend. (laughs) Dan Bilesma's a legend. I know, I know. He still won't tell us, at least those who don't already know, where the disco part comes from. But we'll we'll get it out of him eventually. But <laughs> as of at the time of this recording, the Coachella Valley Firebirds first in the Pacific Division, twenty two well, six and overall. first in the AHL. There you go. Overall as well. I see. I was just focusing on the division, but you're absolutely right. We're tops in the AHL, 22-6 and 3, 48 points. And, you know, Jesper, Jesper Froden, am I saying that right? Jesper, Jesper. Froden. Well, it's actually Jesper, Jesper Froden. See, that's why we got the PA announcer here. Jesper Froden, uh, 15 goals, 16 assists, and then Max McCormick. Talked about him a lot, especially in that playoff run. For the checkers last year, 13 goals, 19 assists at the time of this recording. Again, if you listen to the first segment, you you got the update off Tuesday's game. Um, just as someone who has been following the AHL for a while and now has been able to work a few Coachella Valley uh, games, what makes this squad special to you? Okay, so the first thing that makes this squad special is the coaching staff, and it begins with Dan Bilesma, who has instilled a certain culture to this team and a certain, I guess, hard-working vibe for this entire team. No one quits on any play. They will give every second 110%. And I haven't really had a moment where I've watched this team and I said, oh, that was a really bad shift, or he quit on that play. I have not gotten that vibe at all. I mean, Coachella Valley has lost only one regulation game in their seven at Coachella Valley. But when you talk about some of the guys on their team that are just real grinders, and I'm talking about those guys that don't get a lot of goals. I'm talking about Ty Cartier. Mm. I'm talking about Cameron Hughes, a fan favorite already, by the way, Luke Everybody loves Luke Henman over there. Ooh, yeah. It's, it's those kind of guys that are already endearing themselves to the fan base. So that's part of it. I mean, a, lo- a lot of it has to do with Max McCormick as well. And I feel like I'm a big Andrew Podorowski fan because I've seen him <laughs> for a while. 
He was a stalwart with the San Diego Gulls. He had that massive run last season with the Chicago Wolves, leading the Wolves to a Calder Cup. And now he's doing pretty much the same thing he was doing in Chicago, again, with the Firebirds, instilling a certain leadership to that role. So it's pretty much every guy up and down, as far as the skaters are concerned. I love that. I mean, you mentioned Dan, and we've had Jessica Campbell on the show before, and her mind is so sharp. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you talk about hockey IQ and all of that, and that is critically important. But I get the sense that as the Seattle Kraken franchise, and of course, by extension, the, the front office staff of Coachella Valley was putting together their coaching staff. Of course, you know, the AHL there, there is, as you mentioned, a trophy on the line. There are, these are, you know, paid athletes, professional athletes. um, And, it's a feeder system for the Seattle Kraken. Right. And I love that I can see synergy just in how the the coaching staff of the Coachella Valley Firebirds talk and speak and how they are game planning and thinking towards the future. Um, and what is the foundation that Ron Francis has always said he wanted to lay and what Dave Haxtell day in and day out uh, preaches and talks about when it comes to the Seattle Kraken and Jessica Campbell, I thought was such a great find there because she obviously has the, the skills development coaching and training experience. She has the player experience from that perspective playing on Mm -hmm. the international stage, but she also and I and Dan, I get this from him as well. Uh, they like teaching. They like yep. finding those moments where they can, you know, they they find their that their athlete, that their skater, that their goalie makes that connection. So all of the work that they've been putting in now it comes together. And I think those are like the beautiful moments in life and and in sport. And it's even little micro moments during the game. And because I have a straight shot to the firebirds bench i do notice this and i did notice it in last in saturday's game i noticed that all the players but all the coaches too they're always talking and Mm. always saying like a little little things here and there and i noticed just doing this on a couple occasions we're here to kind of take a player aside and say something not really more than five to eight seconds but it's little things that i've noticed where they're always talking and they're always communicating. That's something that I've always felt is important in a hockey team. You need to communicate both on the bench and on the ice. And with with that staff, they're great at teaching the finer points of the game because while you do have some vets on that team, you still have some guys that want to go up to the Kraken at some point and probably eventually will at some point. They're perfect for that role. Yeah, I agree. I couldn't agree more. Um, at the time of this recording, again, we, we had that game against the San Jose Barracuda. I actually own a San Jose Barracuda hat. I really like their logo, not going to lie. Um, but it's Bakersville uh, today. Um, that's the game. It's a game day for uh, the Coachella it's Valley a game, Firebird. It's, yeah, it's technically a game day for me. <laughs> it's a game day. Here we are coming from the past on a game day. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so, okay. So what, what do we need to know as of course, Kraken fans, which of course makes us Coachella Valley Firebirds fans. What do we need to know about Baker, Bakersfield going in? Bakersfield is a tough team. 
they like to get a little bit physical. They like to get a little bit rowdy. They also have some guys on their team that are still around for some <laughs> reason. <laughs> um, Bakersfield has annoyed me for years because they have won multiple divisions in the past. And some of those guys are total pests. They really are. Seth Griffith has been in Bakersfield for God knows how long. <laughs> Michael Kesselring. Actually, no. Kesselring will take people off. But Luke Esposito and Jason Demers will really piss off opponents. That's what they've always done oh for goodness. their entire careers. And I just remember like Jason Demers in his time with um, uh, the Sharks. Man, he used to tick me off a lot <laughs> and he's just that dirty grindy def like defender yeah that will get under your skin so yeah. that's someone i always watch out for but seth griffith has just been a condor for the longest time last few years that you gotta watch out for because he can put some points on the board and last year he was averaging over a point a game this year not quite at that clip but he's still an effective goal scorer and one of the captains for the Condors that I just remember going, man, him again, him again. <laughs> well, you know, those pesky teams, you always got to watch out for them. We talked about it earlier on the, uh, or earlier in the week, I should say that the Seattle Kraken and it was uh, Jared McCann said, you know, we were one of those teams last year that people maybe, um, you know, underestimated and maybe didn't respect. So we don't want to play that way. And that means that we have to really grind it out. And so I think that's exactly what you have to see from Coachella Valley tonight. Um, Bakersfield's, you know, they're a, a sub 500 team. But it sounds like, you know, they have a pedigree. And so you're always, especially when you're not only top in the division, but top in the overall league, everyone is coming for you. And they're going to give you yep. their best. And if they if their best isn't good enough, then they'll give you some extra sauce. <laughs> oh, you know what? Coachella Valley certainly has a huge bullseye on their back right now. Everybody's gunning for them, but you know what? And this is kind of going back to arena talk, not so much like hockey talk. <laughs> it is tough for any team to go into that building right now and get a victory. Mm. I know it's only seven games in, but Akershire Arena is already one of the toughest barns to play in Love if it. you're an opponent. It Love gets it. loud in there. Fans have done the wave. Every single home game so far. I'm pro-wave. I know some people are anti-wave, and I just am like, why do you hate fun? Just let people have fun. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> and you also, know what? We should stretch every 20 minutes anyway, so. <laughs> you know what I love? I love the rink of fire. Johnny Cash, always, always a plus. Yes. Like, there's some, there's some little things that are being instilled in the fans already that I, I am enjoying so much. Oh, and man. just getting a kick out of. I love it. Now, well, if only we can get the fans, more of the fans, to say thank you when I say one minute. One minute left in the period. <laughs> we got to get some more it. interaction. There you heard it. You, you heard it here on Locked on Kraken. When you go to Coachella Valley Firebirds game, make sure you mind your manners. Okay? Yeah, thank say, you very yeah, much. Say, say thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well jd we are gonna wrap here our firebirds fridays but we are so just happy for you we're so proud 
to know you going from our squad casts and now having you as an official guest and a member of the family. Yes. Yeah. I it, it love feel, it. It feels weird being on this side, being a guest. <laughs> That's I know. Right. I, you know, yeah. but Hey, I, this is, it, and was it really any different? I don't know. I, I like I mean, to not have really. fun. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you, you, you know, know, you know, what's the one thing I've noticed though, pretty much every AHL announcer, they're always doing like two or three other things because yeah. we just, we love having fun love having fun that's 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 what it is that's that's all of us well we love having you on we're gonna have to have you back and um you know um i i mean again just proud so excited and uh wish you the best down the road thank you yeah and i'll definitely be hoping to call a lot more andrew podorowski goals because that <laughs> that's my guy that's that's my mvp candidate right there i mean Ooh. i know maybe not maybe not this season he's Okay. Not as high scoring as past years, but Potsy is hey. still. Don't one of sleep those... on him. Just saying. All right. You heard it here, folks. You heard it here. Well, that was Jason Hernandez, now officially named your PA announcer at Akershire Arena for the Coachella Valley Firebirds. You can also, of course, listen to him on Locked on Ducks. Oh, man. You know, I don't know at if it'll least, be as much fun. <laughs> I will just say this. At least I'm employed by one winning team. <laughs> oh, there it is. Oh, man. Oh, well, you know, I, I can't say that I feel for you, given that we're in the same division. And, uh, you know, we need all the help we can get to stay in playoff contention. <laughs> the Ducks the ducks should just tank. Just tank. Just do it. From here on out. Oh, man. Do it. But the Firebirds, <sighs> the Firebirds, oh, I would be thrilled if they got a Calder Cup. Oh, that would be so, oh, that would be amazing. And I've got to make my way out there. Uh, you know, yep. I've got some dates tentatively circled. So now all the more reason I've got some incentive and someone I can there catch up with while I'm in town. All right, JD, we're going to let you go. We're going to wrap this episode of Locked on Kraken. But thanks as always. And again, make sure, although this isn't an official squad cast, that you go listen to Locked on Ducks and uh, make sure to support our our brother here as uh, as he and his team uh, maybe tried to join the uh, Connor Bedard lottery. <laughs> yep. And also get get fired up, fans. Get fired Ooh, up. That's pretty. I, I'm, I love a good pin. I love a good pin. Yeah. <laughs> Got to get me some of that. All right. Until next time, my friend. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Isn't JD amazing? He also, he called it Potsy. And now Andrew, of course, is an AHL all-star. So we're going to actually have to get JD back. I don't know if he's going to be a regular staple for Firebirds Friday, but we're definitely going to have his expertise back because he is our eyes and ears in the Coachella Valley. That's all for today's episode. It was jam-packed, probably running a little bit longer than we're used to, but it was for a good reason. Next game, Chicago. Can we close out the road trip unbeaten? That's what we're going for. So keep an eye and ear out on social media because I will cover that. And of course, we'll have you back for Monday's episode of Locked on Kraken. We got to hold fast. We got to stay true and root loudly. Let's go Kraken. Let's get them across the finish line and back home to CPA. Be kind to yourself and to each other. Enjoy your weekend. Erica L. Ayala signing out.